Welcome back to, forgive me here, I think it might be episode 230, episode 220. I don't even know. I get just as excited on episode 230 as I do on like the first episode. I'm still, I'm probably more excited nowadays than I was when I first started this thing. On today's show, we got Travis Peters and I was looking everywhere on the internet for a bio and normally I would need one because, you know, maybe I haven't met these guys before or maybe like just in passing, but I've met Travis and I just have four things. If I had to sum up who you are or my impression, my, my take from you, it's a brilliant marketer. So everybody listening, you're well taken care of. It's a genius entrepreneur that I think has just figured out more than one realm of the game. Like there's people who are really good marketers, but they're, they suck in their family life. They got three divorces. You just take me as you've got it. You'll laugh when I say all figured out because I'm sure you're, you're in the heat of battle, but you've got a well-rounded life amazing human and super multidimensional. As I was going through everything that you talk about, it's like we could write a 6,000 page book. And I, I, I mean, we only have 45 minutes to do this thing. So thank you. That's what we got on the show today. And, and just for anyone listening. So, so you stick around. Um, I've gotten so much value from Travis and, and I, I know if, if you stick around, take some notes, we're going to be talking about, and my first question for you actually is the increase method. What, is the increase method. What's that all about? What's increase? Yeah. So first off, thank you for that intro. Thanks for having me. I, I'm super excited to be here too. I, I love what you do. And uh, I'm just excited is my word. And I live kind of in that realm, to be honest with you, of, of excitement. I could um, probably add a fifth thing is like high energy too, because that's something yeah. I, I love. And I, I try to keep my energy super high, but you're always like, Let's go. And I love that. Like, I just love yeah. that. It's, it's contagious. I've, I've got a little bit of that life's an adventure yeah. spirit in me. I can see uh, it. The, the increase method. So I have to be honest with you, and this is going to, I'm going to hashtag humble brag, is I feel like I've, over the last 15 years, I've been able to create a life that gets better every single day. And this is what the concept of the increase method came out of. I want to always be increasing, progressing, advancing, but not just in money. A lot of us are driven by money and that's not necessarily even a bad thing. Yeah. But I, I believe that they're kind of the way I've portioned it out is there's five mountaintops in life, five categories, and that's your faith, finances, family, fulfillment, and fitness. Those are the five F's, the five categories. And what I've discovered, and a lot of it's through biblical principles, we can create a life we can't wait to wake up for. We can create a life that gets better every single day in all five categories and have a great time doing it. Were, 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 were you always like, did you always have all these five things? Because usually I have found when someone's super passionate about one thing, they usually have been through some struggles, something ignited or sparked inside them. Um, do you come from like a, a, everything's just perfectly worked out or did you learn this through trial and error, through the ups and downs, through like, where did this come from? Yeah, so I did not, we'll, 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 we'll start here. I did not come from an entrepreneurial background. No one in my family mm -hmm. is an entrepreneur, did not come from money, um, middle working class yeah. kind of deal. My dad, came from the family of hunting squirrels to live in the backwoods of Oklahoma Yeah, yeah. with seven, eight brothers and sisters. You yeah. know, he came from that rough, that rough situation. He got us off the ground is how I look at it. Um, and then from there, I honestly, I, I don't have a horrible, tragic story. Yeah. And I actually like to say that a lot. And I like to say it out loud because there's a lot of people uh, this was this was me too. When we hear an interview, talking to someone else, read a biography, we hear this crazy bombed out, yeah, you know, story, rise from the ashes situation, and that's great, love it, but it's not relatable to everybody. Yeah. So another Travisism that comes in a little bit different is like, man, I actually came from a great family. They did their best. They loved me. They were awesome. But here was my back against the wall moment. It was when I realized, I realized I was headed for average. 
I realized I was headed for just okay, just good enough. There's a lot of things, like I said, my parents are great people, but they did not live their life to the full. They did not squeeze all they could out of life. They did not, and then financially, they didn't make them all the money they could have made, but not just that, they led limited lives. Yeah. As I, I, didn't, I did not grow up in church, but I started going to church when I was about 15. And, and thank the Lord, I went to, a, I found a great church. Uh, we call it a word of faith church, which means they believe in faith. You believe like what the Bible says you can have, you can have. Yeah. It's not watered down. It's not out of context. It's like, hey, Bible says that I can have that. Cool. So I started living that way. And the more and more I did, the more and more I read this thing and started finding out what belongs to me mm. and started applying it, not just talking about it, but doing it. Mm-hmm. I started to see these results. And I started to look and realize what other people, the results they were getting, living life their own way, just figuring things out on their own, coming to their the kind of their own reasonings and own logic. And I'm like looking at them like, it's obviously not working, bro. Like you're st- like you're broke and you've been that way for too long. You're sick all the time and been that mm. way for too long. Man, you're you're struggling, you're in and out of jobs and bad patterns with relationships and alcohol and all those things. And I'm like, mm. don't you don't you see the ingredients you're using are not baking the cake that you want? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, to give to give a little a little more weight to that, I think that like my first year or two years in entrepreneurship happened because something extremely drastic and dramatic happened that forced me to, but as like, once I started doing like 10 or $15,000 and I became average, it was actually harder to pull me from like average into extraordinary. It was easier when there was like fires and lions and like so much pain chasing me. So that in of itself, I think is a huge thing that people need to hear is like, yeah, yeah. I think it's easier when something drastic happens because you are you have no way out. Whereas someone who may be like, "Hey, I'm average, but I want to be like extraordinary," like you are, um, dude. It's 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 so mental and spiritual work that goes into that to create that wall. C- a couple of fun things we just said. I love that you said ten grand, fifteen grand a month average. That's an average. That's that's just it, mediocre. That, that was horrible. I mean, it was good for like three months, but I was like, this sucks. Like you can't do anything with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you said that because what we forget in our circles is to most people, that's a lot yeah. of money. To most people, that's extraordinary. Yeah. To most people, you say I make a hundred grand in a year, yeah. and they're like, Whoa, what do you do? Did you go to yeah. college? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did yeah. I did not, I don't have a college degree either. Yeah. But I love that you think that that is low and mediocre. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, because I believe you're right. And here's what's cool is you and I are also around people who make 200 grand a month, 300 grand a month. And to them, that's not that great. To them, that's average. So it's contextual. But to your point, it's like, I knew, I remember when I was, I think 14 and my mom, or let me say this, when I was even younger than that, probably 10, I watched my dad, he loved us. He got a corporate job. Mm Mm-hmm. And he worked a corporate job his whole adult life. And he hated it. He was miserable. But he did it because he loved us. But I remember being 10 years old, him coming home. I remember asking this question. I said, Dad, why do you stay up so late? And he said, I, I go to work when it's dark outside. I get home when it's dark outside. He's like, I just want to be awake and do the things I want to do for a while. And I'm like 10, it's like breaking my heart. Like I was young and I, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, that's not how, I, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I remember a few years, I mean, but remember he came from poverty, poverty. Yeah. So to him, that probably in his mind was as good as it gets. Yeah. I remember a few years later, my mom sitting me down and just telling me like, hey, you're 14. In the next year or two, you need to be getting a job. This is like her love. This is like a message out of love. (laughs) And she's like, you're going to need to be getting a job. But I want you to know, like, you're probably not going to like it, but it's a part of life. It's a part of life. And you've got your weekends, you've got your nights. And and that's when you can do the stuff you you know enjoy. Uh, But just preparing you 
you'll, you'll need to get a job and it, you're probably not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't receive it. I remember I was sitting on my bed and I remember the, I remember that story too. And I'm just like, I, there's well, people out there that like what they do. I know yeah, it. Yeah. I know. It's huge it. for a 15 year old. Yeah. And so I, I, now I ended up getting a job when I was 16 at a pizza place. Yeah. And I remember the first day, <clears throat> the first day I was literally like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't like day jobs. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for me. It's That's for someone so else. funny. It's not for me. So funny. So funny. So funny. You, you said one thing and I actually wrote this down cause I wanted to share this with you. I, I don't think I fully shared this with you. Um, uh, on Thursday, it was a day before your birthday. I was literally in my hotel stressed, like so miserable. I'm like, Hey, million dollars a month. What does that look like? Like doing all these formulations. And then remember we got an Uber driver for dinner and then coming mm-hmm. back from the dinner, there was that Uber driver and I was in the back seat, kind of detached from what was happening. I was in my mind still formulating like million dollars a month, million dollars a month. And I was like kind of getting miserable about it. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. remember that Uber driver, like how friendly he was. And he talked about his story about um, great. like poverty and where he comes from and how he's so happy driving his Uber and just so happy connecting with people. And he was so grateful that I was in the back being like, you asshole, like just remember <laughs> to be like, don't forget that. And I, I've been thinking about him ever since. Like, wow, you're in a room of people doing 400 or 500 or 8,000, like millions of dollars. And there's this Uber driver who, if you could operate from that place and then move that into your business and then grow from there, it just was a reminder yes. for me of like, dude, don't lose yourself to yeah. like, you can have both, you can have it all. So I wanted to share that with you. Cause I don't think I did, but I was in the backseat thinking that as he was so happy and I was like, dude, check yourself. So, yeah. So context, great man. Great point. So for context, this, our Uber driver was like a 68, 70 year old, probably Japanese or Chinese man. Yeah. No, no, Korea. I think he said he's from Korea. That's right. And the girl in the front asked, man, you sure are happy. Like, why are you so happy kind of question? And he said, when I was a young boy, you broken English. When I was a young boy in Korea, I didn't eat much. That's right. And he's saying it like giant smile, like grinning with his eyes too, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, Just so happy. And then now he's 70 years old driving an uber in nashville tennessee and loving life because when he was a kid he didn't eat much and now he probably feels like a king perspective man yeah that's a great point i'm glad you brought that up and then i think the second thing that i really admire about this is and i kind of shared with you here but i want to just bring one thing into context is when i grew up love my parents but immigrated from poland super catholic religion and i remember being told this in sunday schools of there's two verses i don't know where they come from you may know more but one was like you, a camel has a better chance to pass through the needle of a haste, whatever it was, than a rich person yeah. has to go to heaven. And then there was another one of the love of money, which is actually for the love of money. So when someone has the love of money, not money is the root of all evil, but love of money is the root of all evil. And okay. I grew up with so much shame. And I really wanted to break things down into four or five key categories that I think we could massively weave in. You're a coach, entrepreneur, trying to grow a business. And I, in my life, have had one, if not all five of these at the same time, like stabbing me in the back, keeping me from greatness or the next level. And it was shame, fear, worry, doubt, and this idea, this beautiful concept of faith. So if we're talking about shame, which I spent three, four years working through everything from you're a kid, you know, um, um, confessing to someone that you touched yourself or that you had bad thoughts about another girl in school. And it's like, I'm so bad. And I, I now understand it 10 years later of like, okay, like, con, like confessing or, or letting go of shame. I think that's the concept of it, but it, I think human beings just made it a little bit harder than it should be. So this idea of shame and you've got a thing of like the increase method, have more family, faith, um, financial fulfillment, fitness. Like you can have more of everything, which I think yeah. sometimes goes opposite of what maybe some of us are taught to believe when we're a kid of like, stay humble, like don't have a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you'll have a better chance to go to heaven, um, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So let's talk about that a little bit. Shame. Yeah. Um, do you see that stopping people from <clears throat> like getting to that next level? I'm so glad you brought it. Like I'm smiling while you're bringing this up like this. These are my topics right here yeah like we can we can 
I, I can talk business with you. I can talk marketing with you. I can Bundles, talk the latest ads, strategies. You're the, you're the pro at that. Yep. I can do sales copy. I can do that stuff. But this is the stuff that really matters. This is the stuff because you can have the best sales funnel in the world. But if inside you're dealing with some junk, you're going to self-sabotage. Your funnel ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I would, I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is what I'd rather even be talking about is this sort of thing, to be honest with you. And, and everyone listening, let's make sure we take notes because I know every we were going through our financials. And every time my income jumped by 25 or 30 grand, it's because there was a personal something in these five categories that I busted through. And all of a sudden, wow. everything we were doing just worked. Um, like I'll show you someday that chart, but it was like 10, 10, 10, 10, 30, 30, 30, 60, 60, 60, like 80 spikes. And it's just like, it's because there was something internal in me that was blocking. So I love this topic. And I hope anyone listening, wherever you're stuck at, um, take note, because sometimes we brush this off, especially coaches I've found. We have so many blind spots because we're in the work with clients and we're doing this kind of work and helping people with the limiting beliefs. And sometimes we're not even aware of our own. And I think this is going to be huge for, for me and everyone listening. Every, every coach needs a coach. We, we, even as, as coaches, like I have, I have coaches in my life, business and mindset. I have other people look at my stuff because there's, I've just realized like I, there's stuff I can't see. Yeah. And once I've owned that, it's like, okay, now that you're aware, perfect. Put the right people in your life so they can help you. Yeah. So, so as far as like Shame. shame and, and even just talking briefly about, you know, the, the, that Catholic situation, confessing your sins and feeling that shame feeling. Here's where I'll, I'll keep it as simple as possible. And for those who have, who do have kids, you will understand this. And you can you probably understand this even if you don't. Mm-hmm. But if your kid, and this is your perspective, this is the perspective of God, your heavenly father, that shame comes with that. It's a, it's a false, it's an incorrect perspective. When my kids, I've got three daughters, when they come to me, uh, the oldest one's six. So she's at a level and age where she can be like, dad, I messed up. Dad, I, I did something I shouldn't do, said something I shouldn't have said. She'll come to me. But when she does and she confesses something to me, oh man, there's nothing but love poured out yeah. onto her. Because I'm, I mean, she's, you know, I look at her and like my heart melts. Mm. And the Bible talks about how much you love. Look at how much you love your kids. Mm-hmm. Now imagine your heavenly father and know that he loves you much more than you could ever love your own kids. Mm-hmm. So as she comes up, the way I look at her now in a lot of ways is I'm training her. The Bible talks about train up your children in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And when they are older, they won't mm-hmm. depart from it. So I'm training. And there will be no judgment coming from my heart. There will be no condemnation. There will be no anything like that. No shame. I'm not going to make you feel guilty. I'm going to coach you here. I'm going to train you here. And when you look at that's how your heavenly father sees you. And when you have that perspective, it's like, yeah, I messed up. Like the Bible just talks about, man, repent and move forward. Yeah. And easy way to put it, repent just means to do a 180 degree turn. Just go the other way. I'll be yeah. going this way. I'll repent. I'm going back the right way. Cool. So why do you think, Paul, why do you think, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say this one little point. Paul in the Bible, he, you know, who's credited to writing two thirds of the new Testament, right? So he wrote most of the new stuff we read, the new Testament that we read. He said this, he said, the one thing I do, I forget the past. And I press forward and he killed Christians. Like that's what he was. He was Saul at first. He was hunting them down and murdering them. Right. Jesus came and made him, you know, did a little transformation, changed his name to Paul. He was like, all right, I repent. I'm did 180 degree turn. I'm going yeah. this way. Now. The one thing I do is forget the past and press forward. So beautiful. If, 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 uh, if, if old Paul there can, can murder people and do a little, 180. I'm pretty sure that we can. And I I just found, so for anyone listening, what I hope anything relates with is like, I had so much shame and it kept me from doing video, from putting myself out there, from being found out, from worrying about, well, people who knew me, they're going to think I'm a fraud or I'm faking it, but I had Mm -hmm. a transformation. And just that shame, I think, kept me from just like all out. And, and it just sounds like you're, you're training your daughters to 
almost forgive themselves, like let it go and move on, learn from it, let it go. And, and learning yeah. to forgive ourselves. Yeah. Learn from it, move on. And so it's not, I don't, it's not a beat yourself up situation. It's, it's, I'm being aware of it. I'm like, okay, Travis, you can do better. You're better than this. Let's step it up. I'm not going to let it happen again. Yeah. And that's, that's how, that's the attitude to take with myself. Right. And so I'm like, okay. And then you can even ask for help. You're like, all right, God, help me with this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making the decision. I'm not trying to get better air quotes. I am getting better. Yeah. I made the decision. I'm going to get better now. Yeah. Help me out on this. And he's like, yes, just like a dad, just like I would with my kids. My kid was like, Hey, I've got this bad habit or bad way of thinking. Dad, can you help me? I'm like, yeah, let's go. That's my love language. Like, yeah. let's, let's train it. Let's coach. I'll put a reminder on my phone. I'll make sure you're doing this. Like what, whatever yeah. I need to do, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. So <clears throat> I think all of these are kind of rooted all almost in the same. I think every, a lot of things come down to fear, but if we're talking about fear, so someone who wants to start something or is starting something, and I think we all face it at some level. Um, what's your, what's your, what's your advice or ideas around fear from holding yeah. people back from increase? Okay. Yes. This might, if you don't re rein me in, this might take up the rest of the podcast. Uh, so fear, oh man, Look, let's 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 keep everything as simple as possible, shall we? The enemy operates through fear. God operates through faith. God wants you to win. That's I mean, that's really you got to get that heart, like the heart behind your father. Like I want my kids to win. He wants us to win. We're representing him anyway. He's like, he wants you to win. Like that's what if you read that New Testament, you'll see that over and over and over again. Oh, he wants me to win in all of these areas. So when we have trust in that, trust in him, trust in that word, what he said in the Bible, we operate from a place of faith. We move forward. We advance. We take moves. We take action. When we're in a place of fear, the opposite. We're held back. We overanalyze. We might feel condemnation or shame or guilt, all these things. There's a, there's a great book that I recommend to basically everybody called outwitting the devil mm -hmm. it's by napoleon hill and he talks about the the six or seven main fears so basically the concept of the book is napoleon hill has an interview with the devil and he forces the devil to lay out all of his strategies and so once you become aware of these i believe it's in uh in in the book of ephesians in the bible it talks about be aware of the enemies or of the strategies of the enemy Mm. be aware of them. And so to me, when it comes to fear, I'm like, I know his strategies. I know what he's doing. So when I see those things come up in life, I'm just like, no, I'm not, I, I'm not yeah. going to believe that. I know what you're doing. It's almost like, Hey, I see you devil. Like, I know what you're doing. I'm that's not going to hold me back. That's not going to stop me. Yeah. I'm not going to operate from a place of fear. So yeah. I'm aware of them. I can take control of my situation and say, you know what? I'm going to operate from a place of faith. What does the Bible say about this? And I'm going to believe that even over what I see with my eyes. You know, there's several scriptures that talk about the just or the righteous will live by faith. Right. Keep right. it simple. They will live by trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so, so someone's listening and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, like, I get that, but I got the bills. I got this. Yeah. And I got, I got, I've never done a video or, or I tried three months ago to launch something and it completely flopped. I'm paralyzed. Um, let's get, let's, let's take coach Trav in here. Yeah. So these, these principles right here. So if you're in that spot, one, I feel you. Here's how we get out of it though. It, it, when you, Lucas, a minute ago, when you talked about how you had these increases in your income, because you made an internal shift. What was happening is you were actually upgrading your identity. Mm -hmm. You begin to see yourself in, new, in a new way. Your inner image is what changed. Maybe the old one, the old way you saw yourself was shameful and guilty and I'm not good enough. Then you upgraded your identity and it was like, you know what? I am good enough. I can do this. I'm on a mission right now. I'm going to help some people. 
I've helped a lot of people in the past. I'm going to help even more going forward. And that shame stuff, I know that that's a strategy of the enemy, so I choose to ignore it. Here's, here's one of the great things in life. You get to pick what you think about. Mm-hmm. You are literally in control of what you think about. You have one thought at a time. You pick if you're going to dwell on it or shut it down. You pick if you're going to say, I'm forgetting that and I'm moving forward. Or you can say, I'm going to just dwell on that for a while. You get to pick what you think about. Mm -hmm. So back to your original point or your original question. What do I do when I have these fears that seem to be holding me back? The bills are due. How do I get through this? So there's some practical things. There's some spiritual things we need to tap into. All right. Practically, I start my day. I get up early. I get up before I need to. I personally get up at four o'clock. Right. That, that beats a me lot, and people think I'm crazy. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people start their day. If they needed, if they have something start at eight o'clock, they wake up at seven twenty. Mm-hmm. All right. This little, I want you guys to write this down. This will change your life. In the, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. There's a helmet. It does this. There's the belt. It does this. There's a chest plate. It protects you from this. There's shoes you put on. It gives you peace. Right. But as I'm reading this one time, I started thinking about it and I thought, when does a warrior put on his armor before the battle? Mm -hmm. So by waking up early, giving myself time to put on my armor, I'll read some stuff here in the Bible that builds me up. That gives me, that builds my faith. There's scriptures that talk about, man, if you're in Christ, God has made you more than a conqueror. So I look at myself, that's my identity upgrade. Yo, I'm more than, I can conquer anything. God wants me to win. He wants me to be successful. I'm more than a conqueror. Whatever comes my way is not going to phase me. Uh, In the book of Romans 15, it says that we can reign as kings in this life. So I walk around like, okay, how would a king act right now? A king is not afraid of these things. A king will get in front of the camera and say what he needs to say to his people. A king will go out and take new ground. A king will go out and advance and lead and make progress and push past some scary things because he's a king. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm upgrading my identity to match what the Bible says. And as I do that, the fear thoughts come, but they can't stay. Yeah. It was a, uh, I'm, I'm spacing on the, on the guy. It was, it was like a, oh, like a Martin Luther King Jr. perhaps. But he said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can stop it from making a nest in your hair. Mm. In other words, those thoughts are going to come. But it's up to you if you're going to let them stay. Yeah. So even like even specifically that one that fear when it's like, man, bills are due, money's tight. There's a scripture, and this is how I operate, guys. There's a scripture, Philippians 4.19. And the context is there, this church is given a big offering um, to, you know, to help the Paul and his team go out and preach. But he says this, he said, man, you've, you've given this big offering. I want you to know that my God will meet all of your needs. In fact, he'll make sure you always have more than enough. And so I read those things and the Bible talks about if there was a promise made, you can have that promise as well. So I look at that and I'm just like, you know what? God's going to meet all my needs. I'm still going to work. I'm still going to do my stuff. I ain't sitting back. I'm still getting after it. But I work from this place of, of peace on the inside. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that he's going to that he's going to meet all my needs. Mm-hmm. One translation says to the full till it overflows. So I'm like, OK. I'm doing my mission. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my assignment and getting after it and putting my heart into it. Mm-hmm. I'm not working from a place of worry and fear. I'm, I'm working hard, but I'm working from a place of peace on the inside. And I'm telling you, that's how you want to live. Yeah. I love, I love that you have so much emphasis. When I tell people I wake up at 5 a.m., they think I'm nuts. And so you're 4 a.m. So that's, that's 
huge handshake, but it's become, I've been doing that for five years and I, the first three months sucked, but now it is like, I cannot wait to get out of bed. My phone's away. No one's around. And I literally work on my identity. I read my favorite book. I ask myself like, who do I have to be? How would I operate? I, I learn from people. Like that's why I didn't want to talk tactics because that you can learn from anyone, but like, how does someone's mind operate? How do you, how does Travis think? Because his results are, are, are in, in life are a result of his thinking. And so that's why it fascinates me. And anyone listening who's like, eh, I'm like, dude, like prepare. I love the idea that you said about the helmet and the armor and the belt. But it's like get prepared before eight o'clock when you check your inbox and you've got three things that you didn't want to see. Um, I just refuse to check it till eight or nine because I just I want to prep to be to be high energy, high vibes and, and keep my eyes on the price. So I know I don't check my email to, till two or three p.m. Yeah, that's it's literally the last thing I do. Yeah, because I'm trying. I've I like my main deal is to create right now, create content, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right? I'm you know creating a lot of videos. I'm going hard in content creation. That's my enjoyment pocket. That's my you know main yeah. lane. So if I get up and I read, this is for, you know, yeah. a lot of people listen to this are in the spot where it's like you start mm-hmm. your day by putting out fires. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds backwards and I know it's going to be tough, but if you start mm-hmm. your day, you set the tone of your day often on defense. Yeah. You've set the tone on your heels instead yeah. of on the offense, yeah. getting after it. So I, get, I go offense first and then I check yeah. my emails. I, Actually, I, I, have a, I have a, now I have a VA who checks them nice. and then tells me what to look at. I love, I love how you mentioned the, um, the well protecting energy, but also the, um, the idea of, of overcoming or starting the day with, I guess, positive intention. How often do you do your, uh, the word keeps evading me. How often do you do the, cause this creates a feeling, two different feelings in someone, someone in a place of lack, like desperation and some inspiration. I'm like operate from inspiration and desperation. But when it comes to like your vision or what you're going after, how often do you review that? Is that in your morning or no? So that is, I wouldn't say I necessarily do it like clockwork daily. Yeah. But it is a multiple times per week. Right. And it's, it is something that probably, to be honest with you, they probably should do it daily it, because it's that course corrector. Yeah, I want to cool. make sure my guidance system keeps going back towards that goal because if not, I got a lot of ideas. Like most of you listening, yeah. we will start to drift towards those things instead yeah. of aiming towards our goals. So yeah. it and, should be reviewed often. And I would consider you also a content creator because you do create a lot of content, just like myself. And I know if I have a bad date, like if I don't, if I wake up late and I don't cover my thing in the morning it's hard to create content from desperation. Like when you're desperate to create content instead of inspiration. And so I've also noticed I have a rule of like creating something every single day. And so that forces me to be like, how can I get inspired in the morning or else I won't create, or it's going to be pushed and forced. And then I don't want to do it. And it's like, it sucks. Yeah. So here's, what's kind of cool about the, you know, my whole increase method is by applying some of these principles I've been talking about, you get to create this, this yeah, yeah. high energy life, this excited life, this inspired life daily. And here's what I think most people live from a place of, they may not say this, but inside they're saying, man, I hope today's a good day. Mm, 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 and I want to grab mm. you by the shirt collar and say, make it a good day, little punk. <laughs> Go get in your butt kicked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's, I do say that to some people, but I won't say it to everybody. Yeah. Is you get to pick yeah. what your day is going to be like. I, I stopped saying probably a decade ago, I stopped saying, oh man, it was a bad day. Like I, I, I upgraded I my identity that. and I said, I, here's how I did it. Honestly, I was like, man, I'm a Christian. I don't have bad days. Mm. That's my identity upgrade. Yeah, it's beautiful. Things happen. That doesn't make it a bad day. Things happen. Yeah. I know how to handle them. I've already have my armor on, so it doesn't yeah. phase me. Yeah. We're getting our, like, I, I will talk, I will have incidences happen in my business, uh, either coaching, I also have an e-commerce business and I'll have crazy, 
you know, and you're, if you're, if you run a Facebook ad or you're on YouTube, you get haters and they mm-hmm. cuss mm-hmm. you out and say horrible things, you know, all that stuff. I'll talk to people who get derailed from the things that I've, I've forgot about it in 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But if it happened to you, you'd be out for a day or two. Yeah. Your energy would be down. You got yeah. your butt kicked. You'd have to recover. I love I'm that. like, I, you can create this lifestyle where you don't have to recover because you never got injured. You never yeah. got your butt kicked in the first place. So my analogy of an armor or a, a warrior putting on his armor before the battle, most people don't do that. Yeah. So they get wounded during the day and now have right. to put their attention tending the wound. Right. And that's when they're distracted and uninspired and it shows up in your business, but it shows up with your family, shows up with the wife, with the kids. And, and that's where it just, anytime I've ever gotten mad at myself, it was because I let something bother me too long. Yeah. That shouldn't have phased me. That shouldn't have affected me like that. I should have handled it better. Again, Travis, you're better than this. All right, let's roll on. You're right. Let's fix this and let's go. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Worry and doubt. I'm going to, I'm going to smush these two things together. I think they're pretty closely related. Aren't they worry and doubt, but um, so worry and doubt. So someone who finds themselves worrying about the future a lot, or maybe doubting their decisions or going back on their, or not making a decision, which I guess is a decision. Uh, Any thoughts on worry and, and doubt? Give me a specific on a worry. Sure. So I'm worried about, um, I'm worried that if I invest all of this time and money into my business over the next year, that it won't work out. I'm worried if I invest in this mastermind or this program Mm. that I might not be able to make it happen. Or I I doubt that if I create videos every single day, uh, that anyone will actually listen to me. Love it. So those were all mine, by the way, like five years ago, that's all I thought about is what if this doesn't work? Yeah, well, it's yours and mine and everybody's. Yeah. Right. Because again, here's, I mean, I go, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I go spiritual first when I hear anything, I think of anything. I'm like, mm-hmm. what does this look like on the spiritual side? So those worries, we know that the enemy operates through fear. We know doubt and worry is a close cousin to fear, very related, obviously. So the way I look at this, if like if I was coaching you, I'd be like, look, man, the enemy would love it if you never made videos and content because Mm -hmm. you are helping so many people he's cracking up because he got you to stop before you even started. Yeah. I love visuals. I love how you think in, in terms of like analogy or visuals or like you, you draw these stories because it has so much more emotional impact. Yeah. I, and that is, I literally picture that anytime I, I think about not doing something or I'm, in that outwitting the devil book, he talks about the devil uses the fear of criticism as one of his number one tools. Mm-hmm. This is written in, in 1934. It was a really good book. It tri- it's trippy. The first time I read it, that was years ago. I wasn't ready for it. I'm like, this is stupid. This can't be. And then I yeah. reread it maybe two years ago because I went on a Napoleon Hillbender and I was like, this is a genius book. I don't care if you believe in God or not. This is a genius book. It is. It is. Because even, you know, even if that the devil stuff wasn't real. It's like these principles yeah. are spot on. Yeah. And he talks about the fear of criticism. You don't take action because I'm afraid of what others would think or say. Right. Well, that's exactly this, you know, almost a hundred years later, the same reason we don't launch a Facebook ad or yeah. make a YouTube video or make a podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. is it the devil uses the same strategies? Like it's just the same thing, just repackaged. Yeah. If you're aware of it, you can shut it down. So yeah. So in your cases about worry and doubt, again, I would encourage you, hey, you're going to make a decision. You're going to upgrade your identity and you're going to say, I'm going to make this mastermind work because you came into it with this thought of what if it doesn't, I'm going to try it. I'm going to hope and see. I really hope it works out almost like a wish. So one of the, the definitions, my working definition of commitment is I'm going to enter a room with no exits. So when you get married, if you get married with that definition of commitment in your heart, you will not get divorced. Mm-hmm. Because if you go into a room with no exits, guess what you do with your spouse or your business 
or your situation or your mastermind or your investment. Guess what you do? All in. You make it work. Mm-hmm. You ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's make this thing work. You mm-hmm. come from a different place. You attack mm-hmm. the problems from a different, you know, stance, yeah. perspective. So when I take that into anything I do, I've invested in high ticket coaching myself. And I've had to step into that identity and be like, I'm going to make this work. Yeah. I don't hope this is the thing. This yeah. is going to be the thing. This is yeah. what I do. And there's so make much evidence. That. Make like that. Evidence of just people in way worse places than you listening or where I was in travel, way worse places, missing limbs, like horrible places. And they were able to make the most beautiful things happen. And I, I truly don't think any human being is more special than the other. They just, I, you said it beautifully of a room with no exits. They had to make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And so we can beautiful. create that for ourselves. We can yeah. take that, make that decision. It's really what it is. And, and, yeah. and guys, that word decision is a big one. I actually use that a lot when I'm teaching. That word decision, that the original definition is to cut off all other options. That's right. That's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide to go to this mastermind. I'm going to decide I am, I'm becoming a content creator. I'm deciding to go all in on this business because yeah. I want the outcome. I want the results. I don't want average. I can't die average. Yeah. I can't die with pretty good. Like this is not how yeah. I just not in me. It's not in you. If you're honest with yourself, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. may have layered on some, some false beliefs or some limiting thoughts over the years. But if we peeled those back, you'd be like, man, I don't, I really want to leave a legacy. I really want to make an impact. I really want to help people. And I want, I want the money too. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's make a ton of money. Actually, everybody listen to this. Make more money than most people. Just, just do that, okay? Because you're going to do great things with it. And we, yeah. we talk about the religious stuff and like some shame and some greed attached to money. Now, here's, again, those scriptures you spoke about. It, it's actually, it's funny when people say money is the root of all evil. I'll say, what scripture is that? And like, nobody can ever quote it. I've, I've done it. I've done it to rooms of hundreds of people and no one could quote it. It's actually first Timothy six verse 10. Mm-hmm. And it really says, I think you said it earlier. It says the love of money mm-hmm. is a root mm-hmm. of many evils of all kinds and then it of goes, evils. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, and some have wandered from the faith in pursuit of it. It's kind of the, the last half and people don't yeah. quote. No, we don't like just to go, do that one yet. Just go read the context and you'll be yeah. like, oh, that's what he's talking about. All right. 100%. And it's, it, it's the same with the eye of the needle one. It, it says uh, it's, it's, harder for a, um, it's harder for a rich man to enter or to thread the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go in, to get into heaven. Right. And then the disciple said, well, then how do we do it? Who can get into heaven? Then? Right, right. And Jesus goes on to teach. Hey, it's open for everybody. And then he actually says, uh, it's like literally the next paragraph. You just read it. Uh, he says, it's hard for a man who trusts in riches. That's right. To enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the, the, what it's actually talking about is not heaven up there. It's the kingdom of heaven, which means like the kingdom operates. I don't want to get too deep, but the kingdom operates on a different set of laws and principles. It's like we try to get wealthy by holding on to everything. And the book of Proverbs, verse 11, chapter 11 says, hey, the generous, those who give are the ones that will be made wealthy. Yeah. It's a kingdom principle, right? We give and wealth flows to us. Give first, generous first, wealth will continue to flow so you can continue to give. Mm-hmm. That's a kingdom principle, mm-hmm. right? So what Jesus was talking about in that particular scripture was like, the people who trust money, it's hard for them to operate in the kingdom because they put all their faith yeah. in their money there's a little context right yeah probably important so, to uh important to note it, yeah. it, it helps with your you don't feel that greed feeling yeah. or that yeah. shame attached to money when you're like oh that's actually what jesus said well and 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 in practice and i don't talk about this too much because this is like i think this is not this does not make you a good person i think everybody should be doing this but i remember this is maybe six months ago i lived in yale town the nicer area of vancouver in a brand new um high rise had like this in fit like this pool that was it had a clear bottom that you could swim and see the city underneath your pool like it was a beautiful apartment yeah. I lived there for a year and 
we were doing the best we were ever doing. We were hired. Like it was just crazy, but I was super stressed out that day. There was like no sale, like a dry spell for five days. I was like so angry. And so I went for a walk. You've got $10 million penthouses at the bottom. There's quite a few homeless people. And I walked into 7-Eleven and a guy opened the door for me and I thanked him and I went in and then I just came out. I was like, dude, just grab a few things. And he grabbed, I don't know, a sandwich and something. I was like, no, 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 grab more and then grab it for your buddies. And he just started like, he was so happy. This homeless guy, he just started filling up bags of food. I was like, whatever you want for you and your, your homies, just grab it. And I've had such a high vibration walking home, like so happy. I get in, I check my Stripe account. It's like sale, sale, sale. Ah. And I never forgot that moment of like, I'm I'm always trying to give, but especially when I feel like I'm trying to hoard and come from scarcity, I'm like, who can I give to? And I'll, I'll just be scrolling Facebook and I see someone's fundraiser for a cat. I don't even know this person. I'm like 200 bucks entered like small amounts, but it's just like in practice, it works. I, I haven't found yes. a, 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 I haven't seen that rule broken for myself. Well, it's, it, it's a law. It's, it's as real as gravity. It's a yeah. spiritual law. And the, the Bible lays these things out. You are walking that biblical principle out in Proverbs eleven twenty four. You just didn't know it, mm-hmm. that it was a biblical principle, mm-hmm. but they, they work whether you believe it or not, they just mm-hmm. work. But what's cool is when you're aware of them, we can use them, operate in them, activate them to our advantage. I've actually had that exact, basically that exact situation when I've had a dry spell in sales. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to, I need to get some money flowing out. I need to be generous. I need to sow some seed. Yeah. As us Christians usually call it. I need to go sow some seed, bless some people. Yeah. Right. Because I know that this principle works. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And the other part of it is, you know, it's, we, we can get kind of money and greed and what's too much. And maybe you've had these thoughts of, you know, 50 grand a month, but after, you know, after, I don't need more than that. Like after mm-hmm, I get to 50 mm-hmm, grand a month, mm-hmm. like I'm good. Like who would, you know, anything more than that's kind of just waste, kind of just greed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to twist that for a minute because everybody needs to know that money doesn't change you. And that's when that greed message comes in. It's like, oh, I don't yeah. want to become greedy. I right. don't want to become, you know, in side note, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but Hollywood has made about every bad guy ever, a wealthy business Wall owner, guy, yeah. Wall Street guy, right? I mean, just about every bad guy ever is a wealthy dude. Well, that, that messes with your subconscious after yep. you've watched those movies for 20 years or more. And so you start to think, man, if money made him like that, I don't want to be like that. Now you got to enter conflict and you self-sabotage, crazy stuff, right? But we do it. So let me flip that for a second. Money doesn't make you greedy. It doesn't make you evil or a schemer or anything like that. It truly does just magnify who you already are. 100%. If you're greedy right now, yeah, you're going to be more greedy when you got money. Mm -hmm. But I know the people listening to this, you're not greedy. You're generous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're going to become even more generous. Can you imagine how much more people you could help? I mean, let's let's go pay your parents' house off. Let's Mm -hmm. go pay their debts off. Let's like, let's go help some churches and some homeless people and Mm -hmm. your cat fundraiser on GoFundMe, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. let's just increase that so you can increase the impact Mm -hmm. that, yeah, it's not greed, it's growth. Yeah. It's growth. Yeah. I love it. And I love it. And I, I like to just remind people because I went through like a little stint of like poverty. Like it was like selling my apartment, everything I own, but it made me who I am. And if I would have been given a million dollars when I was 25, I probably would have been, I wasn't a very great person at 25. And so I probably would have done not the greatest things with it, bought stupid things and and whatever. So kind of, I, I do appreciate when someone has three or four years where they're struggling because like, that's where your values and like, you're being made to be a solid human being. So when you do receive the money, which is coming, um, you'll yeah. know what to do with it. You'll be prepared to amplify it and do good with it instead of just win the lottery and who knows what'll happen with you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Faith, faith. Grant Cardone was on this podcast right in the start of the pandemic. And he gave, he gave the people a little pep talk because, you know, Grant, he's all about don't be average. A lot of stuff you talk about, Grant amplifies it um, to like his 10x stuff. And he, he mentioned this one thing and it's stuck with me ever since is, um, is your level of action or, or I'll, I'll judge your faith based on the level of action you take, something along those lines. And it's stuck with me ever since. I'm like, dude, if someone's taking action, I know they have faith. 
And then some people say they have faith, but they don't take action. And I question that. I'm like, is there something? So when it comes to faith, which is your entire, I think all of this comes back to faith. What's, um, what's some, what's some, what's some words we can leave with the people around faith? Yeah. So what Grant was talking about is actually in the book of James and it's, it's in, I believe it's James one 22. Y'all look that up. Some it's around there. And he literally says, Hey, if there's somebody like some people say, I've got faith. And then some people say, I'll show you my faith by my actions. Mm. I say do both. And so one translations put, puts that your faith without corresponding action is dead and useless. He said, and, and this is still in the scripture. And it says, if you come across a homeless person and say, be warm and be fed and be blessed, but then don't do anything, right? you don't have faith. Your faith is dead. So faith requires corresponding action. That's my favorite way to put it, uh, is that translation. So absolutely, man. If you do believe in something, your actions will show it. If I do believe I will be successful, if I do believe I'm more than a conqueror, if I do believe that God wants me to win, to make an impact, that I've got an assignment, if I believe he wants me to do those things, watch my actions. Mm-hmm. I'll come get on a podcast with Lucas, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. these are my actions that are backing up and going, working with my faith. Yeah. If I believe that that principle in Proverbs 11 is true, that if I am generous, wealth will come to me. If I believe that, if that's my faith, my actions will line up yeah. and I'll be a giver. Yeah. Years ago, years ago, I've been married 10 years. So it was at least that long, probably longer that we, me and my, um, actually, I guess it was before I got married, but even since we've been married, my wife and I determined that we go to church a lot. So we go to church at least twice a week, Wednesday, Sundays, and then events and stuff. But we would give in the bucket every time it goes by. So there were times when I'd stay for two or three services and one day we have a big church and I would give at least 25 bucks every single time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving and then I upped it to 50 bucks. And then for a while I was doing a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving and I'm giving and I'm giving. And I look back at that year and I'm like, I gave more than <laughs> I, than most people will ever make in a year. Yeah. And then I look at my bank account and I'm like, yo, I still got a ton of money in there. Yeah. Like it's like kingdom principles It's all backwards, mm-hmm. but my faith, mm-hmm. I believe it. My faith has corresponding action mm-hmm. and I get the result that that book said I'd get. It is a beautiful thing and a beautiful way to live, yeah. but it's, it goes back to what I said originally. I upgraded my identity. Mm-hmm. This is how I see myself now. I'm a generous person and therefore I'm made wealthy. I, it's corny, but I actually like it when people are like, you can't outgive God. I like that phrase, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here I am and like faith, faith words is I trust, I trust in my heavenly father that he's got me, that he backs my play, that he wants me to win just like I would for my kids or I do for my kids. Yeah. I believe that he's got that same viewpoint of us, but even stronger than I could ever imagine. So he's looking down and and he's like, man, I see you. I see what you're doing. I've been guiding you this whole time. I've been directing you this whole time. You know, everyone listen to this. You know what you need to do right now. Whether it's starting a podcast or or starting your new business or uh, launching your back-end coaching program. You guys know, you actually know what to do next. But fear, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, greed, these little tactics of the enemy is what's been holding you back. So you need to get alone. You need to get quiet. You probably need to get up early before the battle and you need to be real with yourself. Get alone with God and be like, all right, what do I need to do next? Again, like I said, I think y'all know. I think we typically always know what we need to do. We just haven't been open and honest with ourselves or we've talked ourselves out of it or we've let fear hold us back. What if this happens? What if that happens? I'll, I'll say this. And like I said, we can wrap it up after this because I will just. Oh, keep this on is going beautiful. I, 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 I love it. In 2010 is when I read 
the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. And he had an exercise in that book that truly changed my life, my course, altered my course. And at the time, uh, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I was looking at buying and starting an ice cream truck business. Okay. And I had all the fears, the what ifs, all the things. And, and the book has this exercise for you to do. And he says, I want you to think about the, the business you're trying to start or the move you're trying to make. And I want you to actually play out the worst case scenario. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I did. And I, saw, I closed the book, stopped for a second. And uh, I, I wanted like, I think I needed like $10,000 to, to get this truck and to get the, all the stuff I wanted. I calculated 10 grand. Most, I've never seen that kind of money at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, worst case scenario. It's just so funny. Like you play out, um, they're going to, I'm going to go bankrupt and they're going to like foreclose on my house and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's actually stupid. But I guess I was thinking that somehow in the back of my head. So I'm playing it all out. And in the book, he walks you through that. And he's like, look, if they took your house, you'd probably go rent for a year or two. Go rent somewhere. Not a big deal. If the bank comes and takes your car away because you couldn't make your car payments, probably just buy like a $3,000, $4,000 car, get you from point A to point B for a year, and then upgrade again. And then he's like, okay, now you, you rent out of money and you can't pay your bills. You might need to put three months on a credit card. Not that big of a deal. And he, and he, he walks you through the worst case scenario. It's like, it actually isn't that bad. And then he says this, worst case scenario, your life goes to a temporary four, on a scale of one to 10, temporary. You're gonna get out of it, you got time. But if your plan works, let's play out that scenario. Yeah. Your life goes to a permanent nine or a 10, if this thing works. Mm -hmm. So what we've been doing is basically risking a temporary four of a lifestyle, which is probably even low. It probably wouldn't even be that low, honestly. Maybe a four in exchange for a possible permanent nine or a 10. Mm -hmm. Temporary four. And I, when I read that, mm -hmm. he, I think he calls it just calculating the cost of inaction. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, that's it. That's all I needed to hear. That was the principle clicked for me. I went and got the money, started the ice cream truck. It was glorious. Yeah. So funny the impact Tim has, because that was the exact same thing. He talks about the surfer who like went down to Mexico and started a surf shop but with that best case. And I remember reading that and doing that exercise. We do it with clients all of the time. It's like, you make a list, worst case, best case. And like compare, like actually look at the two. Be like, okay, like this far outweighs the worst case. And if that's like the jumpstart. So it's pretty cool. The impact Tim Ferriss must have had in the entrepreneurial community is actually pretty cool. Cause I think that that was yeah. huge for me too. When I read that in fear. So I, I, one, that's interesting. You say that because you're right. That, I mean, it literally impacted my life, that yeah. book and rich dad, poor dad. when yeah. I was like 16 yeah. was the two books. It's probably your two books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But for, for me and for you, Lucas, and for everyone listening, Let's go write the next generation of yeah, those books. Love that. Let's go write the next Think and Grow Rich. Let's go love create that. those things because Tim Ferriss, Napoleon Hill, like their lives are, Rich Dad Porta, or uh, Robert Kiyosaki, their lives are pretty well documented. Yeah. They don't have anything special that make, like you can do yeah. that. Yeah. You, everybody listening to this can go write that next yeah. book, YouTube channel, podcast, whatever it is, movie that has that type of impact yeah. and that's what is exciting to yeah. me i love that i love that go hit live today like just hit live start yeah i love that i love that you've got um the we could jam for another five hours and i don't even know if itunes would allow that upload i have no idea i should look into that but we covered a lot we covered shame fear worry doubt faith and just some of the principles and i i love that book um uh the napoleon hill book outwitting the devil no words with yep, the devil yep. Outwitting the devil. I know in the start, he talks about like the tools of the devil. And there was one he kept in that cage. He's like, this one I won't sell. And I think it was something around fear. Like the devil was selling all his tools, but the one he wouldn't do was like 
one of these was like his biggest one, whether it was fear or doubt or something like that. Um, then we talked about your five core principles, which is faith, finances, family, fulfillment, and fitness. You call that the increase method. I know you have, you have so much stuff. Like I actually would say, don't go to Travis's Facebook. Cause you won't leave Facebook for three months. There's so much information. <laughs> so I, I say that with, um, with a little bit of a warning there, but if people want to dig more into your stuff, I know you've got the increase method. You've got some resources. Where can people find that stuff? And I'll have all the links below. Yeah, let's go to the increasemethod.com. And that's the increasemethod.com. The increasemethod.com. So you're going to get the, I've got a little mini course, some videos called the five pillars of increase. So I'm going to set you up. There's, it's going to show you how to activate this principle in all the areas of your life. And here's my favorite part is I can guarantee you it's nothing you've ever heard before. It's not rehashed. You probably, you know, as you listen to this podcast, if you've made it this far, you're like, Travis talks a little bit different. He talks about some different topics. Mm -hmm. These five pillars of increase are going to be stuff you've never thought about before. So go check that out. And then that also puts you in my free Facebook group, The Increased Life, where you get to hang out with me every week. And uh, I go live in there. I bring some cool guests. I might just have Lucas come on one of these times. Hey, you know. And, uh, and we'll talk about creating that increased life, that life you can't wait to wake up for. I love that. I love that. The biggest thing I got from this, I'm always taking notes. Um, the biggest, biggest thing I got was me personally was ever since I sort of stepped away from religion and God, when I was 15, I spent five years searching because I was so lost. I'm like, is God just like, I was so lost. And I studied every different religion. I went to these little monasteries. I, I just, I was like, and I remember having a priest. He was young. He was a family friend. I don't know how old he was. And I was like, why would you give up your whole life to wear rags and like just like live off people's kindness and just live in this little church and he was like i've studied every religion I, I traveled the world studying religions and i just realized to serve my people best it was the catholic religion and so i chose to do my work here and make the biggest impact i knew how and it stuck with me of like at least to me and anyone listening hopefully you have an open mind because there's no right or wrong to me and i think everything comes down to these fundamental principles and at the end of the day probably treat other people like you want to treat yourself like just be kind, be a good person and create impact. And you've inspired me to dive in even deeper just because over the last year or two, I've been, every time I come across some Bible verses, I see them so differently than I used to when I was 18. Cause I saw it as like, yeah. this is how can this be now? It's like, if, if, if I had could only read one personal development book, I bet you that what you'd find in any kind of spiritual religious text, but in the Bible would be Dude, everyone else talks about it. They just talk about it differently. They spin it right. into Napoleon Hills or Grand Thinking Cardinals, but everything, everything comes yeah. down to it. So I just love, you've inspired me to dive in even deeper. So for that, I thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'll, I, I do want to get this out there is kind of that misconception that we've had and including your incident with the, you know, the, the, the priest and the confessional and all that is we look a lot of people look at the Bible as a set of these rules and stuff you can't do. Yeah. And so that brings about that, those weird feelings, guilt and shame. And oh man, mm -hmm. it's just rules mm -hmm. and they don't want you to have fun. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's, it's when you're young, that's how you perceive it, you know, potentially. Mm -hmm. But when you went backwards, you were older, you'd leveled up, you'd mm -hmm. matured in your thinking. We're talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs and coaches right now on this mm -hmm. podcast. Y'all have leveled up. Like you're, you're, I'm going to say this respectfully, but also with a little jab underneath it is you're too mature now to see the Bible that way. Yeah. Go study that. it for yourself. Go start in Proverbs, go read Proverbs. The easy way to do it. Yeah, there's, there's 31 Proverbs. So whatever day it is, so today's the second, I read Proverbs two hmm. on the third, read Proverbs three, right? Great way to start. Great way to form that kind of that new habit or life, you know, way of thinking, way to put on your armor before the battle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what you'll see is it's not a bunch of don'ts. It's a bunch of guardrails that keep you in the good life. Yeah. So if I tell my daughter, hey, we, we live in a very like active neighborhood. There's cars, there's people, there's parks, there's bikes. Like it's, it's an awesome neighborhood. But if I say, hey, don't go play in the street, it's not because like, man, I don't want Anna to have fun. Mm -hmm. It's because no, I want you to live the good life and not get cut down early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like the Bible's full of that stuff. Like, hey, 
I've, I've put up some guardrails because I want you to live the good life. Mm-hmm. You guys are now mature enough. If you haven't read the Bible in a while, you can see it from that perspective now, especially if you're a parent. You'll mm-hmm. go in there and be like, oh, man, this is literally just setting me up for success. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. simple. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hollywood messed us up. Hollywood. And Hollywood's, Hollywood creates some of these messages. Uh, www.theincreasemethod.com. Go check out Travis's stuff. If anything, just be uh, your contagious energy. is. If anything, just go grab that when you need it because <laughs> Travis has more than enough of that. Again, appreciate you, Travis. Thanks for being here. And we'll chat soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I love you you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.